Hi, everyone. Welcome to Snarky with Mike Feeney. I'm your host, Ricky Martin. And I'll tell you why. Because we are living La Vida Loca this week. This is the first, this used to be a solo podcast. And now this is a truly solo podcast. I'm actually having to forget that I have to start a timer because I am doing this solo. Okay. I have, uh, I have no producer. Nicole's dead. No, she has, uh, she has, been exposed, okay, uh, to a lot of uh, bad comedy from me, but also to the Omnicron variant thing. So um, that's it. So she's not coming. So I'm doing this alone, which I got to tell you, you'd think, you know, Nicole tries to downplay her contributions to the show, but she very much is a part of this. I am I'm basically look like a one man band right now, you know. I got the big drum and the kazoo in my mouth, and the cymbals are crashing, and I'm trying to like keep it all going. But most of you are just walking past me on the docks, going, "That man needs uh, help," you know. And it also feels weirder to yell and have strong opinions into a camera when you are completely alone. Because at least Nicole's there. I'm like, Nicole and I are having a conversation, even though she's not talking. She's barely even listening, but she's there, you know? So now I'm doing this completely alone, and we're going to see how this goes. Maybe this will be better. I mean, you guys might be like, these are your best. Because here's the best part. I got to do two of them. I got to do two of them in a row, of course. Why wouldn't I have to do two? So it's going to either be my best two episodes or my worst two episodes, and we're going to find out together. And for Nicole's sake, I hope these are my worst two. Um, but I have a feeling like they're going to be my best two. All right. Now, what are we drinking? Look at this festive. I don't know if you can really see this festive drink that I got going on here. This is, and I, that's why I called myself uh, Ricky Martin in the beginning, okay? Because I am living La Vida Loca with this situation going on. But also, it's because it's an ode to Puerto Rico, because I am drinking what is known to Americans as Puerto Rican eggnog, but it's known to us Puerto Ricans as coquito. They don't say it like that. I say it like that because, you know, I guess I'm an asshole. I don't know. It feels like, and I've already cursed, so it's too late now for to save this for YouTube. So now we know why this episode won't do well, but I think we'll be okay. Um, I'm drinking homemade coquito which is um, essentially, like we said, it's a Puerto Rican eggnog. Erica makes it every year. Her Puerto Rican co-worker gave her like her mom's mom's great aunt's witch doctor's secret recipe or something like that. And it is, I mean, maybe the best thing I've ever had in my life. I don't like regular eggnog. Find it super weird and gross and even disgusting to say. Egg, nah. First of all, don't put, don't put eggs in my drink. Also, nog. Don't know what that is. Don't want to know what it is because it sounds like it comes out of your nose, you know? So get that out of there. But when you say coquito, you're like, all right, I'm, you know, you just start kind of like doing one of these, like, I'm listening, I'm listening, you know, your shoulders start moving. So what's in it? I'll tell you. It is. I had Erica write these ingredients down. Cream of coconut, sweetened condensed milk, evaporated milk, coconut milk, very heavy on the milk front, as you could see, cinnamon, rum, we got a little cinnamon stick inside. This rum is really the only liquor you're going to need in this. Um, and then, yeah, I got the little cinnamon stick in here. A little cinnamon garnish on top. Life's good. I mean, this is so delicious. It tastes like a cinnamon milkshake with rum in it. So I'm going to be like flying. I'm not telling you how many parts of each have to go in there because that's what makes it a secret Coquito family recipe. If I don't do that, um, you know, if I gave out the actual ingredients and the time and how to make it, my head would start to shrink or something like that because of the, the voodoo. So, um, this is great though. And I, and by the, by, by the way, this is about 36 pounds. That's how heavy this feels. So I can only imagine what it's going to feel like in the bottom of my stomach. And I'm going to do my best to drink it throughout the show. You can see the cinnamon sediments. That's a fun thing to say. Cinnamon sediments. Right, Nicole? Imagine I just start being like a lunatic. Like, I'm like, I turn into Tom Hanks in Castaway, and I start talking to people who aren't there. Maybe I should have a volleyball of Nicole smeared with blood. Maybe that'll be it, you know? And then every once in a while, I can hear judgments from it, from in the distance. But um, regardless, this is, this is the last episode 
of the new year. If I keep looking over here secretly, it's because I have my phone and I'm just checking decks because I'm like over this. No, I am checking <laughs> to make sure that the podcast is going uh, as it's going, which is currently. Um, so this is our last episode of the year. I mean, can you believe it? We are on episode 13, ending on a nice unlucky number, which I think really, really encapsulates this past year, wasn't it? 2020 happened, and we were like, well, that was the worst year for everybody, bar none. 2021, definitely going to be better than that. It can't not be, you know? And uh, for me, it was much worse. I feel like 2021, arguably my worst year on record. I mean, there, I mean, the family deaths, uh, both of my cats dying, uh, shoulder surgeries, the wor- road dates getting canceled, just the worst of the worst. But also, you know, it's the Omicron. I mean, there's so many more things going on, but, you know, what we can say, let's focus on some of the positives, you know? Comedy clubs reopened, you know? People were back inside, did get to do some road dates, did get to go to Seattle, did get to go to some other places and see, you know? So life was good. Went to Jamaica very quickly, you know? So sometimes you just got to focus on the positives, but it's so easy, especially when you're watching the news or or every single day being beaten down with like, hey, by the way, like everybody you know is catching this disease and uh, you're going to get it very soon. So it's terrifying. But in the interest of that, I thought I'd do some New Year's wrap-ups and some New Year's resolutions. That's what I think will be the best. So let's do a little 2021 Mike Feeney of the Snarky Podcast just called Snarky, presents 2021 Recap. Rolls right off the tongue. It's basically the, you know, the Dick Clark's rocking New Year's Eve. So let's talk about some of the, some of my things that I thought were like the best and worst of 2021. First thing I got, let's just go, let's start out nice and serious, you know? Let's start out with best movies of 2021. What are the best movies? And this is, this is how subjective this is. This only applies to movies I've seen. So sorry if, you, if, if it's a movie on your list that's not on this. I haven't seen it, so whatever. My best movies of 2021, No Time to Die, was great seeing that in theaters, action-packed, you know, explosion. It felt like a real movie experience again, you know? It, it, that's why I think I liked it so much. It made me feel like, oh, I'm back at the movies Life's good. So that's that. No Time to Die was up there. The movie Nobody was fantastic with, um, with uh, Better Call Saul. What's his name? Love him. Been watching him for years. Name is gone. Who the hell is it? I mean, I can see it. His name is dancing on the tip of my tongue. Most of you are screaming it. Ah, come on. What is it? I'm going to have to look it up. I'm going to have to look up his name and I'm going to be so mad. It's like, it's something. It's something. God damn it. This is where I need Nicole. Nicole, where are you? Um, no better call Saul. What's his name? What's his stupid Bob Odenkirk? I was going to say Bill something. I don't know. Bob Odenkirk, of course. God damn it. Is this Omnicron? Is that what that is? I would have always known his name. I do feel like I'm losing my memory. So I, it's, you play a little fun game. Is, is this Omnicron? Is this Alzheimer's? Is this just, you know, um, the diminishing age? What is it? I don't know. But regardless, nobody. That movie was fantastic. It's basically John Wick, but if a normal guy went crazy. Very fun. Also, the, so those are my two best action movies. Then you had best comedy movie. And honestly, there weren't many. Comedy's pretty terrible these days. There's not a lot of good comedies out there. Um, They're pretty god-awful. Best one I saw, Far and Away, Bad Trip. The Eric Andre, like, half prank show, half uh, narrative. It was was awesome. It was so good. Um, It was hilarious. Go see it. I'm just doing plugs for movies, I guess. This is what happens when I get left alone. Uh, And Best Drama. Nomadland. I mean, that thing was great. I mean, where else can you see a woman shit in a bucket in a van? I mean, what what more do you want from a show? So that's it. So uh, worst movies. Now this list is fun because this is, I have a lot of stronger opinions. The other ones are like, no, those are great. And so that's great. And now this, worst movies. First up, Godzilla versus King Kong. 
Get that the fuck out of my life forever. Whoever enjoyed that movie either has the education level of a fifth grader or um, has been so hurt by, uh, you know, Delta and Omicron and coronavirus that they're like, I can't use any, and I mean any brain function to have to like think, you know, creatively or sort of put any pieces together. I need this like a, like a coloring book for five-year-olds. I need it spelled out. I need a ton of exposition that doesn't matter. And then I need the girl from Stranger Things crying because she's getting too emotionally attached to the giant ape who's going to murder everyone. Um, and then we're going to be like, oh, we're actually rooting for the ape because we realize we like apes better than lizards because apes are closer to humans and therefore we relate in the eyes. It's a dumb thing. It's a dumb premise. That whole movie should have been a 20-minute fight scene. That's it. That's all it needed to be. But because everything before then was just like people yelling and people having conversations about what they're going to do to stop it. Here's the thing. Nobody's ever able to stop them. They have to get stopped by King Kong going to Middle Earth or something like going to the middle of the Earth and finding a, you know, an, an energy axe or some stupid thing that you're like, hey, that was never uh, discussed in the first two hours of this film. It's a very long film, by the way. What are we doing? It, 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 so he's got to go to the center of the earth, get this thing. He's in the upside down world. And then there are like, there's like a sign that says, and it's like some weird plug for Stranger Things. And Eleven's like, hey, you know, and then she, her nose bleeds. And then he climbs out of the upside down and then he goes to fight the Godzilla and I still think he gets like smashed anyway by if I, I, I that's how bad this movie was I forgot how it ends I know that they fight uh he was just about dead and then I don't know I remember Godzilla going back into the water so Godzilla definitely didn't get killed but maybe got like fucked up enough to where he was like all right chill all right you you a real one for this King Kong, you know, and then just kind of slinked back into the water, but really terrible. Hated it. Hated anybody who liked it. How about that? So, um, that's that. Next, uh, Mortal Kombat. Now, here's a different thing. I thought I loved this movie. When I first watched it, we were, I watched it with Canon and Sagalo, and we were like, this is great. This is, this is so much fun. The first 10 minutes of that film, fantastic, where you're like, if this is how this movie's gonna be, we're fucking gold. But alas, it gets um, much worse and then nothing happens and it really doesn't pay off in any way. I think they like wrote it purposely to be have another like two or three movies, but I don't know if they're getting those because it was terrible. So that goes to you, Hollywood. Don't write, that just goes to show you, don't write a movie that has to have more movies because if you don't have more movies, you just look like a dumb piece of shit movie. And so, don't do that. And that's why that movie is on my list. Because again, first 10 minutes, best movie I've ever seen. Next hour and a half, uh, hot garbage mixed on a mayonnaise bread. You know, is mayonnaise bread? Picture how bad mayonnaise bread would be. You bite into bread and that oily, buttery mayo is in every bite. Gross. Next. Tenet. Now, you know me, or maybe you don't. I, I, I'm a big Christopher Nolan guy, okay? But Christopher Nolan uh, made a real, real, a real stinker in this one, and I'll tell you why. He's taken the Chris Nolan formula of, like, big and epic and, like, a lot going on and convoluted, and then, he's, and then he decided, let me just make a movie that is so just for me just to be like, you see, I told you I could confuse everybody. And then you like figure it out and you're like, okay, so the movie was backwards. You know, like the, the movie started in one thing and then they went back in time and they ran into their old selves and that's why they, they are able to like match all their moves piece for piece because they're the same person because one's wearing a mask, the other's not. And guess who's under the mask? It's the guy that he's fighting. Uh. And then you watch the end of it and you go, uh. and then you get done with it and you go, uh, I guess I didn't enjoy that. And then you go online and people were like, if you didn't enjoy it, that means that you don't understand and I'm smart. I, I, here's why I hate that movie so much. 
It's not that they just ruined Denzel Washington's kids, like, you know, chance to really, and Robert Pattinson, by the way, two terrific actors. You spoiled them, all right? You spoiled their talents by making a confusing, overly convoluted movie that in no way, shape, or form paid off. And then at the very end, you get mad. And this is what I hate more than the movie. I hate the people who love this movie, or really most Christopher Nolan movies. And then there's that subsection of people who go, if you don't get it, you're dumb. Or if you don't get it, you have to rewatch it five to six more times. I am not doing that, okay? So don't make something, as we've just discussed, hey, don't make a movie that there needs to be two or three more uh, to get your whole point across because mm, not going to watch. Uh, number two, don't make a movie that I don't understand on my first try, and it's only until I rewatch it six or seven times do I fully get all the nuance and the uh, the you know the allegories and the little you know enigmas that you're setting up and the little things that are written on the wall in the background that you'll only notice if you're specifically looking for it. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm not trying to uh, solve America's national treasure. You know, I'm not trying to find the Declaration of Independence. I just want to sit down and watch a story from beginning to end. Wherever that end is, just make sure it's an end, you know? And then don't make me go, well, watch it. No one's ever said Jurassic Park's great. But when you watch Jurassic Park the ninth time, you understand the Tyrannosaurus Rex's motivation. I get it. You know why? Because he's a fucking T-Rex and he's pissed off. He's stuck in a park and he's going to destroy Jeff Goldblum and anybody else in his way. And that is all I need to hear. No one goes, why was the Velociraptor so smart? I mean, did anyone think about, and then there needs to be a whole back saga of them like explaining, like doing math equations on a fucking Matt Damon-esque you know, goodwill hunting blackboard in Harvard and the Velociraptor comes in there at night and just fucking just scratches the answers in and then hops away really fast. Is that what you want? Because it's not what I want. So how dare you? I act like you pitched me that movie and I say no. All right. So that's the worst movies of the year. Oh, and also let's throw in an honorable mention to Stillwater. I just talked about it. So last episode, I'm not going to go into too much detail about it, but Stillwater, you're fucking bumming me out, man. It wasn't a bad movie. It was just a bummer. I'm so sick of bummer movies. You know, like, I, Nomadland bordered on bummer, but then was like, okay, like, hopeful-ish. But Stillwater, you're just like, oh, that sucks. You know, like, that's, if, if you want to watch a movie where you get out of that movie, it ends, the credits come up, and you go, oh, that sucks. What a bummer. Then guess what? Stillwater's the movie for you. Watch it. Enjoy it. Enjoy the rest of your life, because that's what it is. Okay? So that's that. Next, we're going to move on to, let's go what I want to say, the best and worst deaths of 2021. Now, this might be controversial. People are going to go, how can there be a best death? How can there be a worse? There's death is death, and that's all there is. Not true. There are people who you're like, that's a shit. How can you rate the worst deaths? I'll tell you how. Because last year, we lost DMX. So instantly, the worst death, you know? Because nobody died last year as influential as DMX. Is that something that I'm saying without fact-checking it or even doing a little bit of research? You're goddamn right. However, um, it is what it is, and that's what I'm going to say because I love DMX. So he was the worst death. He will be missed the most. Jeet uh, has now entered the off the recording studio. He's staring at me, thinking that I'm talking to him because, of course, I'd be talking to him because nobody else is in here. He's an animal. I'm speaking. Why wouldn't he think I'm talking to him? But it turns out he doesn't realize I'm doing a podcast for content. What a dumb, stupid idiot he is, huh? Best death of 2021. Brian Laundrie. Fuck that guy, huh? I mean, who else could it be? It has to be Brian Laundrie. The guy's a piece of shit. He's too busy, you know. He murdered his fiance. He escaped. He killed himself. What a what a what a what a coward. What a coward that guy was. From beginning to end. Fuck him. Best death of 2021. Glad he's dead. Brian Laundrie. All right? 
I'm sure, I hope that none of his family ever see this, but I'm only given the information that I'm given. If you have an anecdote about how he worked charity events on the weekends, you know, let me know. But for right now, he's the worst. He's, he's the worst person, so it's the, he's the best death. And that's that. Um, and here we go on to words. The most hated words that I know, hope to never hear again, most annoying topics of 2021 first off the whole i mean this is really all encompassing bitcoin dogecoin gamestop stocks fucking amc everybody for eight weeks this year thought they were an investment banker every single one was like i know how to do short sells and i'm gonna i'm gonna you know look at some stock options and uh invest it's like are you saying invest or are you saying and vest your options and they're like whatever you think the right one is because i don't know those people and then everyone's like we're gonna get rich off dogecoin we're gonna get rich off bitcoin we're gonna do all this Nine people are going to get very, very rich off that. And the rest of you got screwed. The rest of you that poured your money into GameStop and AMC and were like, to the moon, which is another thing. You're like, get out of here. You just, you just want to uppercut them into, into infinity, you know, and beyond. So uh, all of that. Words I never hope to hear ever again going forward. Uh, Bitcoin, I have a feeling, is not going anywhere. But the Dogecoin, all that other shit, and people acting like investment bankers, bye. So my other thing I don't want to hear again, which I hope to never hear again because the world gets back to normal. So this is more optimistic. Hope to never hear this again. Stimulus check, okay? If you're hearing stimulus check next year in 2022, the world is not getting better. Okay, if we still have to worry about the $600 that we're going to get sent, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know where we're going to be, but not in a good place, you know? So for all, I, for all our sakes, let's hope this is the last time we've ever heard the word stimulus check. All right? Now, a couple more topics here that thought would be fun. The biggest level up and biggest drop-offs of 2021, celebrity-wise. Now, this is a pretty short list for the level up. It can only be one person. There's nobody in 2021 who has leveled up more than Pete Davidson. I mean, there's just no way. I mean, I mean, this is a guy I used to know and do shows with, you know, it was always it was always a good dude. But like he went when that man was dating Ariana Grande and on SNL, you were like, well, you know, you you have a thing of uh immense confusion and uh and almost envy but then you realize well he's in his 20s and his life is peaked i mean this there is no higher you can go than being with one of the most famous singers on the planet and being on maybe the most famous television show still running you know period and she go well that you can always look at it that way where you go well the guy's got a lot of success but he's peaking pete's peaking so what is he going to do and then he decides to just say fuck you to all of us and he levels up from Ariana Grande. There's like how many women on the planet are above Ariana Grande? And I mean that in terms of like more famous iconic people. There's I, I Kim Kardashian is where he went, who I think is probably the most famous person on the planet, especially the most famous woman on the planet. I mean, who else is up Oprah? I mean, Oprah is the only other person I could think of. It's like Kim Kardashian, Oprah, Ariana Grande. I don't know who is more famous. And maybe he'll go to Oprah next. That would be pretty sweet if he's like, is if he's just getting older and older. He's like dates Ariana, who looks like an 18, you know, an 18 month old baby. And then he goes to Kim Kardashian and then he just gets older. And if he if he marries Oprah. I mean, look out, world. I don't know what's going to happen, but Pete's got to do something, and it looks like it's going to have to be Oprah next. But right now, he's with the most famous person on the planet. This is how, this is how alluring Pete Davidson is. Pete Davidson has Kim Kardashian hanging out on Staten Island. I mean, what what is in his pants? I mean, we know. We know what's in there. It, it, 
is a hog. But uh, I mean, good for him. Good for him. Just, I mean, no one's had a better year than Pete. So Pete, good for you, buddy. Keep it up. Proud of you. Now, let's move on to biggest drop-offs. This Coquito is providing both a rum-induced um, feeling, but also the sweetness of it is giving me like that of a sugar high. So at one point, I might just start biting the table. I don't know. We'll see what happens. See if there's enough time. Biggest drop-off. I got three on this list. And you, you tell me if, I, if I, there's people I miss, which I'm sure there is. I don't really think much long about these topics. I just go, here's the first thing that came to my head. I will do no further thinking. And then I write them down. Number one, Eric Clapton. Woo, what the fuck happened to you, Eric? I mean, Eric was like the guy. I mean, he, one of the greatest guitar players of all time. You know, uh, unbelievable musician, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, so many gold records. Just, I mean... Could, no one could have respected that guy more. You know, kid fell out a window. Life's a shame. Always kind of feel bad for Eric. And then he comes out with this, like, anti-vax protest song uh, that's, like, so cringy and embarrassingly political. And it's like, listen, if you don't want to get the vaccine, I don't care. Don't get the vaccine. I I'm not going to lecture you about it. But don't lecture me about how I'm a sheep if I get it. Like, it's it's crazy to me, you know? So that was, go listen to that song if you haven't heard it. It is, yikes. And then also this other stuff came out about how he was like, you know, he's had some, the more you look into Eric Clapton's past, the less there is to like, you know, he's got some, he's got some skeletons that are not so far in his closet. They're kind of, actually, he has a glass door on his closet. So you can very visibly see some of the racial incidences he's had in the past and uh and some maybe domestic abuse that was fueled by alcohol i mean there's a lot there to unpack so biggest fall from grace eric clapton also uh travis scott i mean how could we not mention travis scott the man just lets 10 people get trampled to death keeps doing his show pleads just the laziest ignorance of i didn't know it was happening even though so many people told him in his ear it was happening. Uh, and he just, and then he did an interview with Charlemagne to be like, this, let me, this is what's happening. And like, let me set the record straight once and for all. And couldn't have seemed less prepared for the questions Charlemagne was going to ask, like, did you know it was happening? You know, like every single answer he goes, uh, um, uh, wow, okay. Uh, no, 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 no. It's not, it's just, I, I love my fans. And my fans love me, and it's about the mute. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, you you agreed to this interview, right? You knew what was going to happen. Like, you knew they were going to ask you questions about it. So maybe fucking, you know, be prepared a little bit. Maybe smoke two blunts that right before the interview, and not nine, I guess, is what you were on. I mean, it just seemed like a lot. So biggest fall from Grace, Eric Clapton, Travis Scott, and I got one more. Nat, this one hurts me to say. It hurts me to put it on the list. But if I'm being fair, if I'm being equal, got to have him on. Mr. Alec Baldwin, Long Island hero, Alec Baldwin. I mean, listen, I mean, you can't shoot somebody in the face and get away with it in 2021. I know. What is this world coming to? But, you know, especially if it's a woman, what are you thinking? You know, but you shot a woman in the face, although now I feel like he came out and is saying that he didn't shoot her. Are you do you guys? I, I'm asking you to tell me. Uh, d d that's what he said. He said, like, in his interview that he wasn't holding the gun at the time, that oh, he didn't pull the trigger, something like that. Or he was, like, denying, which I thought was the most, I thought that was, like, the only story, was that he, like, pointed the gun at the camera and shot it. But apparently, he pointed the gun, and then someone ran up and pressed it with his finger? I don't know. I mean... It's a little sketchy. I think he's trying to do the uh, the lawyer, you know, walk around, don't admit to anything yet until we're in, uh, in court kind of situation. But it's a bummer. And, you know, you feel terrible for the woman that died. And, you know, don't, don't, let's not use guns with bullets in them. How about we just do that? We just don't even use the blanks or anything. Let's just use, I mean, CGI is at a place where we don't, you know, look at John Wick. They're not shooting real bullets at people. I believe every single one of those people actually died in that film. Every single one, even the fucking guy with the pencil, the number two pencil, even doing this just then made my like made me have like a um, 
adrenal-based reaction to that. So here's the thing. We're flying. I mean, we are flying through this episode. I thought we were, I thought I didn't have enough. I didn't think I was going to do that. I'm only on the first section. I'm still on the recaps, baby. I mean, this is great, you know? Who needs Nicole? I do, because she's editing this. So uh, um, I will tell you guys this while you're watching. First off, thanks for watching Snarky so far, okay? It's been 13 episodes. We're having a good time. I appreciate you all. And uh, please, you know, leave. I like that more and more people are coming to hang out on Tuesdays at noon when they premiere. Whenever I'm around or able to do it, I always hop on in the chat, say hello to some people, put up some polls for you guys, make it a more fun, interactive experience. YouTube.com slash Mike Feeney Comedy is where that premieres. You can watch my stand-up special, Raging Against a Routine, on there as well. Always available for you for free. And uh, what else can you do? You can come see me and also leave a review on iTunes if you haven't. The more, the merrier if you're listening to this on the podcast app or something like that. That's great. Share the word, spread it with some people. I appreciate that. This again, this is more like, I'm not trying to get rich and famous off this podcast, all right? Which is something that a person without a successful podcast would say as a self-defense mechanism for their own head. But really, truly, this for me is a uh, a way to kind of talk out some material, uh, fill the void of storytelling left with Irish Irish Goodbye's wake. And, uh, you know, just have something else to kind of put out and kind of explore and just kind of do, get weird with it. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm drinking inside of my dog, talking to no one, and, uh, and I feel like this is a fun time. You can come see me live on the road. The only date I want to plug, unless you are near the Connecticut area, in which case, come to Mohegan Sun this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'll be there. 30th, 31st, and the 1st of January. So you can come see me this year at Mohegan Sun. Come see me next year right away at New- Mohegan Sun. Going to be doing New Year's there. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. We're hanging out. But if you can't make it to that, come out to Laugh Boston. January 20th. Tickets available right now. LaughBoston.com. You can all- also buy tickets on my website, MikeFeeneyComedy.com. Get out. Come to that show. Can, I'm so excited to do, go to perform at this club, and uh, I hope it's a great turnout. I know people are already tweeting me saying that they're coming, but buy tickets now, all right? The, more, the sooner you buy tickets, the more I can sleep at night, all right? So that'll be fun. Come do that. And then uh, I got a bunch of other dates coming. We're going to be Mike Cannon, uh, Brendan Sagalow, and myself are going to be doing uh, the Calta Cruise in March. We're going to Tampa. We're also doing a... Uh, a a small theater on March 26th. That is the tickets, I believe, are just going on sale now in Pennsylvania. The three of us will be doing that. So it'll be a good time. So come out to that. Have a good time. Live your life. And twitch.tv slash nyfreshmaker. This thing's going to make me like, this, this is giving me the reactions of drinking a milkshake. So like I'm getting that like milky full, you know, like I might start burping at some point during this. And Listen, I'm a consummate professional. I don't want to, but I might. And so now you know that. I thought while sticking on this New Year's theme, by the way. Oh, by the way, uh, fucking, I hope you guys have a happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, I, I am looking. Uh, I was like, you know what? I was looking back and thinking of some New Year's Eve stories, some fun New Year's Eve moments. And here's some stuff I thought of that I thought you guys might enjoy. And I might have told this one on Irish Goodbye or something like that, but the most horrific New Year's Eve story I got was there was one time I was working at Applebee's, low part of the life, you know, and I had to work on on the on New Year's Eve. And I was still also having a party at my house. And a bunch of my friends were over partying with Erica and they were all just texting me like we're having so much fun. You won't believe the time we're having. People are doing shots. Everyone's just like saying this is the most memorable evening of our lives. And I'm serving spinach dip to 16 year olds. You know, like it, it was a nightmare. But I got out of there at like 10 p.m. And I, I remember going home like I, I looked like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, just kind of like, you know, hard running, slicing through the wind with my hands as I'm running run back home, I 
kick down my front door. I immediately open a bottle of champagne, drink the entire thing, which was one of, don't ever chug champagne. There's nothing worse for you to do. And then I proceeded to have another two bottles of champagne in the first hour. So I just polished off three giant bottles of, I'm talking about exceptionally cheap champagne, like Corbell or something. Polished it off because my, my mind, I was like, I got to catch up to all of my friends who are hammered. I need to get hammered, which, as you know, is not how that works. So I ended up getting very drunk. And maybe one of the worst hangovers of my life, I believe, was New Year's Day because I drank way too much. I was mixing all different kinds of drinks. Oh, and then, by the way, I had to work again at uh, Applebee's the next day on New Year's Day. So I, I, I got home, got hammered. I woke up. My buddy was sleeping in my bathtub. No water, just sleeping in my bathtub. I mean, there were just bodies all around. That was a good thing about when you were like 22, 23. It's like you didn't, you didn't care. Like when people would be like, oh, can I spend the night? People weren't like, oh, no, we don't have a bed for you. And we don't have extra sheets. And like the couch is like a love seat. Like this, this was just like, you got a tub? Okay. Like I don't even, it's like, I don't even think he had a pillow. I think he used his shoe as a pillow and kind of just nuzzle and, you know, just position. Like, it was fine with him. He didn't care. And life was good. There's people sleeping on the floor. It didn't matter, dude. It was just, you're being 22. It's the way it is. So I go to Applebee's. I start the shift. And I mean, I am in such bad condition. And my, the general manager, I was trying to really play to her humanity, being like, I'm very sick. I can't work. And she was like, yeah, it's because you're an idiot. Like, I don't care. You're working the shift. And keep in mind at Applebee's, there are no bussers. There are no runners. So I'm not only like serving, but I'm going and getting the food and I'm bringing it to the table. And then I'm taking all of the food and clearing the plates away and people's like half eaten food, which is just nauseating looking or, you know, carrying spinach dip, which is right under your nose. You get artichoke and cheese in your nostrils when you're so nauseous. It's all the worst. And I'm like, I, you know, you had to clear your section, you're spraying chemicals, all of it's so bad. I like went into the bathroom, threw up, came back out and was like, thought that would really clear me. I thought that was like a high, uh, a middle school going to the nurse's office. I just threw up. Sorry, gotta go home. But instead, she was like, that sucks for you. You got two more tables. And she made me work the whole shit. I think she let me out like a half hour early just to prove a point to me of like, when you have a responsibility, you can't shuck it and hope that someone's going to show you mercy because they won't because they work at Applebee's and because they hate your life more than you do, even when you're hungover. And honestly, it was a great lesson. And I respect her for doing that. And if I remembered her name, I'd shout it out. I think it was like Antoinette or Angie or um, something with an A, you know, um, whatever it was. Regardless. Uh, that was that was horrific. That was horrific. But a good New Year's Eve is the the first New Year's. I think I was like five. Maybe I was like five years old, maybe six. It was a great New Year's Eve because I got to have my first sip of alcohol. It was great. I mean, it wasn't great, actually. Well, I'll get into that. So, you know, I'm at my I'm at my house. I was gonna say I'm at my I'm at my family's house. You know, I'm at the house that I lived in because I was, again, five. So child and raised by parents. So I'm with them. And my mom's like, oh, we're going to do a champagne cheers at midnight or whatever. Let's give Mike a little like he will give him like a, you know, a shot glass, a little tiny thing to to try to sip it and everything like that. Because I think I was probably like, I want champagne. You know how every kid, it's adorable. Kids like, I want to drink beer. And you're like, you have the rest of your life for that, pal. Uh, and my family was like, let's give him champagne. And I think it caused like a, like a decent enough fight. And then eventually they were like, just give the kid champagne. What's he going to do? Start a podcast where he drinks alone and talks into a camera? No way. So they gave me the champagne. And I remember being, I remember so clearly being very excited to to try it and i don't know about your parents but when my family would celebrate new year's eve we would make noise at midnight and you wouldn't just make noise with a little or something like that no 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 you'd have to make noise by they would bang pots and pans with a wooden spoon 
and we would just walk around like the living room, just 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 a homeless marching band, you know, just a thank, 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 thank. Just it's it's not even pleasing to the ear to hear. I mean, you remember the banging of pots and pans for for nurses and all that stuff. It was similar to that. So that's what we would do. Midnight comes, everyone cheers. I'm so excited. I, you know, you know, like everything to that point. What am I drinking? High C and Sprite and lemonade and, you know, just various sodas. So that's what I'm expecting carbonation wise. I try the champagne and immediately, like my jaw locks, it just goes into like a this thing. And then I have that moment, like from Dumb and Dumber. Where uh, he, where uh, what's his name? Harlan Williams drinks the piss. You know, I had that thing where I was like, like I just, it, it literally just, it like my whole body, it just, it cringed and 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 curled. It, I did a, I did a, the old cringe and curl, just and then with that, and it was awful. And my family laughed and laughed and laughed. And laughed at me very hard. Um, and then I was like, you'll see, one day I'll be the one laughing. And that's when I bought a gun. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. Whoops. So I uh that was that was my first experience drinking alcohol. And overall, though, it was a pretty good thing. And I, now I like champagne. So we've come all the way around. So look at that. Let me see how we're doing time-wise, because I do have some questions. Oh God. Oh God. All right. Um I still have so many New Year's things. You know what else I want to do? Oh, man. All right. Well, I'll get to some of these questions next week. Because, again, got to do two episodes. Totally fucked. So, uh, New Year's resolutions. This is what I also did. Making some New Year's resolutions. (laughs) And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you guys my New Year's resolutions. And I hope you make yours. Here's something that I'm not going to do. I am not going to tell myself in this upcoming year that I'm going to make it a habit to go to the gym. Because you know why? It ain't happening. It's not. I'm 34. Every year I'm like, this will be the best shape of my life. I talk about it on Rage Against the Routine. You, you, we always set our expectations way too high. We're always like, we're going to get ripped. We're going to get ripped. And I say this on the album. There's six people on the planet that have six packs right now. And, and more than half of them are Ryan Reynolds. So it's just, that's it. You're not going to get it. So we have to set them lower. So like I always say, like my expectations, I just want to get my biceps bigger than my ankles. That's it. And that's an, an expectation. But I'm not even going to do that. I'm not even going to be like, I'm going to go to the gym four times a week this year. Because this year. I'm not. I'm just not. And I got to know that about myself. And it's not. And so what I can do is be like, I'll exercise more. Now, nice and broad. Exercise more. What does that mean? If I exercise one minute a week, more than I did this year, which is probably a total of like an hour a week, then an hour and one minute a week, I'm cooking, baby. Expectations met, resolutions, killing it, me. I didn't have a third thing. I just wanted to do the perfect clap. Did you notice how perfectly in rhythm both of those? Ah, damn. Damn it. I thought I added a fourth time. Well, that's what I'm not going to do. So don't do yourself a favor. Don't say you're going to get ripped in 2022. It ain't happening. Uh, number two, my other goal, my other resolution is to mute as many people as possible on social media. I'm talking Instagram. I'm talking Twitter. I don't know if you, if you know you can do that, but you can. You don't have to unfollow them. You can just mute them. And that means you don't see their posts. You don't see their stories. You don't see their tweets anymore. And it is maybe the greatest feeling you'll ever have because it's like you're essentially banishing someone to purgatory without them even knowing. It is the greatest feeling where you just go, hey, guess what? You're out of my life now and you don't even know it, but I do. And that's great. And now the next time I see you face to face, I won't want to rip you limb from limb because I am not furious about the amount you post, about what you post about, about your strong political opinions one way or the other. I don't have to hear any of it. I don't have to see any of it. My goal in 2022 is to create my own 
echo chamber, okay? That's all I want is just things I want to see. I'm going out of my way to only like stuff on TikTok and Instagram that are of puppies or dogs doing cute things. And now my algorithm is being manipulated into that. And my timeline is a goddamn delight. So I'm sorry for any of you who every time they open, it's like Omnicron, Trump, Biden. Sorry, I'm seeing golden retrievers and then they zoom in on their mouse and they and then, then there's like the owner is like touching them in the chin, but you can't see it. So they're like, happy holidays, happy holidays. It looks like the dog singing. It's, it's quite spectacular. And so I would recommend you mute as many people as possible and manipulate your algorithm. Only engage with things that you want to see because that's how it's going to happen. Number three, try to teach people my parking techniques. Now, Nicole might be my test subject. She might have to be my karate kid, you know, like she, she, I'm going to be her mentor and she might be my little protege. Um, this is on little because she's short, you know, but uh, my parking technique, you know, it's going to be tough because again, if you know one thing about me, you know, it can't be taught. So it's going to be hard to teach that. It's going to be like, it's going to be like Michael Jordan teaching basketball. Like I can try and sure, I'll show you the fundamentals of it, but like, you're not going to aspire to fly amongst the gods because the parallel parking, t- I mean, people don't even know how to parallel park without a camera anymore. I mean, this is a camera-free zone. I mean, we're going to get, Nicole, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a video, like a training Rocky-style montage of Nicole, of teaching her how to park with excellence and precision, colon, the Mike Feeney way. That's it. That's it. That's what we're going to do. So I think this is getting thicker. (laughs) All right. Number four, I'm going to, and this is maybe the most important resolution. And I think every single one of you should do it. And I think you should really take the time to recognize how special of a moment we're in with the current situation of COVID. I'm going to use the I've been exposed to somebody with COVID excuse to get out of as many things as possible in 2022. That is a number one goal, okay, is to make sure while I have that excuse, because who knows? Some people say COVID's never going away. If so, looks like I got to get out of jail free card for the rest of my life. But I am going to use that as an excuse as many times as I can. I've already used it twice. Today, I use it twice. All you got to say is, hey, you don't have to say you have COVID. Just say, hey, I was around somebody who's now tested positive, so I got to figure my shit out. And they all go, oh, yeah, I don't want to get, absolutely, stay away. It's, it's, a one, it's, better, it's better than saying you have a kid. It, it doesn't matter. Kids are like an old pile of puke at this point. It's better to be, it's better, here's the optimal excuse. My kid's been exposed to coke. Bam. Walla walla bing bong. Done. You got it. In the bag. Perfect excuse. You're out of any sort of things. So those right there, those are my four New Year's resolutions. Tell me your New Year's resolutions. Mention them in the comments. Uh, tweet them at me. Do whatever. This is great. Now, I purposely keep checking the time because I want to make sure I have enough time to get into this. Nicole, who, as you know, is not here, wanted to help, you know, make the pod go along. Because as always, every single week, I fear that I don't have enough to talk about. Um, I write down a few things, and I go, this isn't, this isn't an hour of content. And then I spend 45 minutes on the first thing, and I never get to the rest. And so that's how that goes, and that's how it goes. But Nicole wrote an email about one of her New Year's Eve stories. And I've been promised it's spicy, it's salacious, and she titled it Burn After Reading. So I don't think she even wants, you know, she, she didn't want me, she's, she's worried that she's not going to be able to defend herself, which is strange because she's the only person telling me the story. So she could defend herself in the story. Does she? I don't know. It's this long. I'm reading it for the first time with you guys right now. I purposely have not read it. I have no idea. So let's read it together. This is from Nicole Crokey's Lions. Um, here we go. Dearest Feeney, I hope this email finds you well. Aw. How's the pod going? I don't know. You guys tell me. How is the pod going? I feel like it's going pretty good, right? Are you okay? 
I'm doing all right, you know? I appreciate you asking. Hmm? I mean, this drink is not getting any worse, I'll tell you that. It's only getting better. So here's my my nightmare New Year's Eve story. Again, this is going to be incredibly concerning to hear without me being able to defend myself. You're telling the story. I defend yourself in the email. Also, is it concerning or disconcerting? I think that's one of those things that someone corrected me on once, and it really made me feel embarrassed, and now I feel the need to correct other people a lot, because it's like, you're not supposed to say, okay, so this uh, concerning means on the subject of, so let's see, so this is is going to be incredibly on the subject of, to hear without, nope, you said it wrong, Nicole, already messed up, the word you're looking for is disconcerting. Which everyone is, I think that might be the most possible, uh, most mixed up words in the language. No one ever used, and also you would think it would be disconcerting, but it's disconcerting, which is, means causing one to feel unsettled. Let's throw that back in the sentence. Let's see. This is going to be incredibly unsettling to hear, there it is, without me being able to defend myself. I hope this doesn't affect our friendship. Wow. This is big. This is, I don't know what's coming. I hope it's good. I was a freshman in college and was home on break, and went to a party with some of my friends for New Year's. Good start. Sounds normal. Sounds like nothing could possibly go wrong. I had entered college with a high school boyfriend, as many do. Ah, first mistake right there, Nicole. First mistake. Never go to college with a significant other. You gotta break up with them beforehand. I did it. It wasn't easy, but I'm glad I did it. He was back at home, and we broke up like halfway through the semester. There you go. There she is. I started seeing some other dude at school, but I was his side piece, and he broke it off with me, which definitely was unpleasant to say the least. Nicole, you other woman, you little rascal, you, you little snake in the grass. You little such and such. Okay. All right, Nicole. Let's see. You know, opinion of you falling slightly, but there's still time to bring it back. So when I came back home from break, I was mildly unwell. The way you're saying this is makes me believe you were in a full-blown drinking rage spiral of depression. Um, at this party, I was with the gals just having a good time. I heard my ex was going to be there, but I was like, whatever. It's a house party. There's two floors. I'll just avoid him at all costs. What was that? What was that about going to parties in high school and college where you always just, someone always knew every single person who was coming to the party? What, who, who was doing that? You never get that anymore. I've never gone to a party in the last 15 years of my life where I've showed up and someone's been like, hey, you know, Tom might be coming. Like, no one ever is like, you just walk, oh, Tom's walking in. Okay, so now Tom's here. But in high school and in college, especially early in college, people are like, oh, Tiffany's on her way. And you're like, why? Why would you say that? Because I know Tiffany doesn't like you. It's like, everybody knew everyone that was coming to the party and they would always tell you. And then you had to have that ang- that knot of anxiety of like, are we going to see each other? Is this going to be a fight? Are we going to make out? Am I still in love with him? You know, there's a whole, there's a lot of conflicting opinions. And then there's alcohol on top of it, right? I successfully evaded him for the night and then midnight kissed some random dude that smoked cigarettes but seemed chill. Reminder that I was unwell. Okay. Unbeknownst, a lot of un- Words, unwell, unpleasant, unbeknownst. Um, Unbeknownst to me, my ex suddenly appeared and saw this happen. Uh Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. He then proceeded to scream that I was a slut and a whore and threw an entire red Solo cup of beer in my face in front of everyone and then ran away at full speed to the stairs? Now, Nicole, this is... This is like a carry moment. Are you kidding? First off, if this happened today, that man would be canceled. You'd be on the front page of the New York Post. Woman exploring her sexuality gets slut-shamed by a straight white male. I assume it's a straight white guy. You grew up upstate. I assume it's some backwoods dude wearing flannel with a short, shitty beard. Um, so that's insane, and I, now I feel bad for you. Calling somebody a Calling somebody a whore, you can only call someone a whore if you, like, find them in your bed 
with another person. And even then, whore doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like the right word, you know? Like, whore is, is like what somebody over 50 says. We're like, you're a whore, you know? Like, I feel like you have to say, like, I'd go slut, you know? If I walked in on my wife having sex with somebody, I'd be like, Ah, oh, you slut, you know? Like, you'd just be like, slut, 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 is more fun to say. I wouldn't be like, you're a whore. I, I, what am I, Andrew Dice Clay? I mean, it seems like a weird, anyway. So he throws a cup in your face. Super shitty to do, by the way. Also, where's the fucking, where's the guy you kissed who smells like cigarettes? Is he out smoking cigarettes or is he not coming to fucking you know, defends the honor of a chick he just kissed. So, let's see. I did, in fact, chase after him. Yeah! And was like, bro, what the fuck? Classic upstate energy. And he was, like, dramatically yelling up the stairs back at me. He continued to run away. So I ran down the stairs, ran up to him and his group of friends, and haymakered him in the face. Haymaker Nicole Camo Crokies, Haymaker Lions. Yeah! Oh my God, I'm fired up right now. Let's drink some fucking coquito to that, huh? And there's more to the sentence. And then I was like, fuck you. Don't ever talk to me like that again. Fuck you! 11 exclamation points. Nicole, who are? Defend yourself? For what? Being Superwoman? Is that why you're upset? Because Wonder Woman is is producing my podcast and she wants to keep her alias a secret? Is that what is that what you want to defend? The best part of this is I immediately started sobbing from the adrenaline in front of everyone and destroyed my clout. Well, now that is unfortunately a part of fighting that nobody ever really depicts well in movies and TV shows, which is that the moment after the fight, the overwhelming adrenaline, especially if it's something relationship-fueled, comes immediately with crying. Um, the most important takeaway to this uh, takeaway is this ultimately happened at 12.01 a.m., which was a cool way to start the first 60 seconds of my year. Anyways, this isn't really funny. It's more troubling than anything. Have a Merry Christmas. Now, I mean... This is why you listen to the show, folks. This is why I tell people, submit stories, submit ideas, submit topics to rant on. And I mean, right here, the amount that I know about Nicole now that I didn't just 10 minutes ago, as a person who I've been working with two days a week for the last four to five months, I mean, it's as if I've never met her at all. I mean, the haymaker. And here's the thing, too. I picture because Nicole, you know, is short and she's like running and I pick like when Nicole runs, it's almost like when like uh, like when Sonic runs or something like their upper torso isn't moving, but it's just the legs that are spinning underneath. I picture you doing a Mario like jump or Mario. Get the fuck over it. If that's what you say, I'm sick of you people with that <laughs> doing just a. A, a, a Mario to jump and just just kind of fucking like, you know, and, and then he does the the boxing neck that goes like and just, you know, stands up and then someone has to pop it back into the thing. Um, so that's fun. So wow, 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 wow. What a New Year's Eve tale for us. And if you have any other New Year's Eve stories, I guess you can send them to snarkypodcast at gmail.com. If you have, I mean, we're, I guess don't talk about New Year's Eve stories because it'll be the new year and we'll be past it and we're not going to talk about New Year's Eve stuff again. But if you have any other crazy stories like that or things that you think that would be interesting to the show, send them, snarkypodcast at gmail.com. I mean, that is truly fantastic, Nicole. And I'm glad that you're not here to defend yourself. And I'm also happy that, here's the best part about this. You guys got to think about this. When Nicole is editing this, she's going to be watching this podcast. So she's going to be, I guarantee, and Nicole, if this is true, please mark in graphics right over here. Tell me you're not sweating. When I am reading this, when I was reading the email, were you, I won't even know, but I'll see it in, in the final cut when it's on YouTube. Nicole, were you sweating when I was reading your email? Bam. Yes or no? Nicole, were you mad 
when I corrected, mad slash embarrassed, when I corrected you from saying concerning to what's, what you definitely meant and said, which was disconcerting. Bam! Look at that! We're learning so much about each other. So, uh, you know, what a fun thing. Uh, what a fun thing. I gotta finish the drink because it's almost time. You know what that means, folks? That was a lot in the end. Um, he's saying, I have to do another episode right now. I can't have a full another one of these. It's too much milk-based products. It's delicious, but like, I gotta pace it out. You know? I gotta pace it out, man. Um, Here's the thing. You guys are great. I appreciate you so much for listening to Snarky. These, again, this has just been a weird, fun little experiment of a podcast that I'm doing. We've done 13 straight weeks now. Uh, I, I am so happy that every one of you are here. I've said that at least three or four times, so I'm done saying it, but you get it. Uh, subscribe, like it, leave a comment. I, th- those of you who are in the live chat, love that. Go and leave a comment on the actual video itself afterwards. Those stay there for longer. Tell friends about it. The 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 whatever you don't have to do anything. I don't care if you're watching this. You watched it all the way to the end. That's enough for me. Have a great one. Have a happy new year. I'll see you in 2022 for what will for sure be the best year of our lives, and definitely, definitely, definitely not an ongoing COVID nightmare. <laughs> <laughs>